Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Praise the Lord. Luke chapter 1, studying the Incarnation. That's one of the great realities of our gospel is that God came to the earth. I know, you know, to say that is, you know, your imagination could go wild with it, but, you know, it is a reality, a truth that at a point in time, the unseen God stepped into the scene, stepped into the, into the realm of the senses and was born of a, of a woman on the earth and was made in the likeness of men. And the Bible said he became obedient even unto death, the death of the cross. But also God highly exalted him. Amen. Now here in the incarnation, now you say, well, why are we spending so much time on this? One of the reasons is because so much is packed into this that has to do with believing God and carrying what God empowers you to believe. You say, why would you say that? Because he is the author and the finisher of your faith. So much that is in your life that you're going to have to walk out by faith, he has to author and he has to finish. And in that, in that uh, period of time, you've got to learn how to conceive of the word, carry of the word, birth and raise of the word of God. And you say, well, well I don't understand that concept. It's everything that God has provided for us in Christ. Our growth in that subject grows us out of the effect the fall had in causing that subject to be a problem to humanity. You can outgrow sickness and disease. You can outgrow poverty and lack. You can outgrow oppression and addiction. You can outgrow all of that type of stuff just by growing in the Word of God and appropriating the grace that He's given us. The process that we see is the same thing that happened to Mary where the Word of God came. And it looked for what? It looked for a place of planting. And when it found a place of planting, all kinds of cool stuff started to happen. Amen. So let's pick it up. Last week, about three quarters of the way through here, we looked, the angel came. We saw the resistance of Mary. Uh, we, we, We saw the scripture in verse 37, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. So how do you question that? Nothing shall be impossible. I've heard of some of the most, you know, impossible situations that, uh, that God just did miracles. I mean, it's, and, and you say, well, why does he do it for one and he doesn't do it for another? Oh, that must all be in this. No, it's, it's not like that. Anyone can learn how to believe God. Anyone, anywhere who dares to dig into the Word of God and to receive it at face value, not to, not some religious interpretation or your own uh, mental interpretation of it, but just to take the black ink on the white page and say, that God said that, that's true. I, that's what I believe right there. That's what I believe right there. Amen? That's where the power is. So for with God, nothing shall be impossible. Mary said, faith always takes a confession. There has to be something spoken. I know people are always saying, well, you know, Pastor, I, I want to serve the Lord, but I, I'm kind of a quiet person, and, and I just want to do it within the, you know, the, 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 the recesses of my own soul. And I, Well, you're not going to get anything from God because everything you get from God, you're going to have to believe with your heart, and you're going to have to speak it with your mouth. And you're going to have to speak to the, to, the, to the mountains of life that stand between you and the blessings of God. 
That's what Jesus, as we study the life and ministry of Jesus, he was always revealing divine truths that work for humanity. Oh, you should have. Anyway, you'll, you'll shout over that one later, I guarantee you. Divine truths that aren't just laid up for deity to operate in, but that deity says, you can operate in this too. Just like we do. Just like the Father does. Just like the Son does. Just like the Holy Ghost. You can as a child. You, this is how you can operate. Have the God kind of faith. Amen. 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 So Mary said, Be it unto thy handmaiden according to thy word. We know that's the word rhema, the word that's real, the word that's specific. And the angel departed. Now notice this. We said this as we closed the service last Wednesday. The, 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 the word that had been spoken ever since Genesis uh, 3.15, that literally, that word finds a place in the atmosphere. There's a place that it's in. All the words that have ever been spoken are like that. But those were divine words of God, prophetic words that carried a seed in that word that that seed became what went into Mary's womb and literally impregnated her with the word of God. A physical phenomenon and a physical miracle. A virgin did conceive. All that word that had to do with Jesus swirled in the unseen. And when she said, be it unto a handmaiden, according to that word, it made a transition from the unseen into the seen. And went right into her, right into her womb. Well, the same thing is true of every other subject of the Bible. As you study the word, as you meditate upon the word, as you have the word of God taught to you, as you consider the word, as you intend unto the word, as you confess or speak the word, I guarantee you those words begin to become the atmosphere of your life. They begin to swirl around in the heavenlies and all of a sudden you have an encounter with the Holy Ghost in a meeting or in prayer and all of a sudden what was just water of the word, boom, it becomes the wine of God and falls down on the inside and now you come under the influence of it. That's exactly what happened to Mary. You come under the influence of that healing power. You come under the influence of that deliverance. Sometimes it's people just coming under the influence of hope, divine hope, an expectancy. Then the faith that follows the teaching of the Word of God. What a glorious thing. Amen? That's why so many people are uninterested in spiritual things because when they start getting around them, they find out there's not a whole lot of emotion connected to it. But like I said a few weeks ago, I said, you can know so strong, you can feel that you know. That's how strong faith can get. Amen? And those are glorious times. I wouldn't trade that for anything. Now notice Mary arose in verse 39. Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country of Hasten to a city of Judah, entered in the house of Zacharias, saluted Elizabeth, came to pass. When Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. Now let me just say this. At this point in time, other than two other prophets we see here in a little bit that were prayer warriors and people that prayed in the temple for many years to see this come to pass, except for them, there's not a whole lot of people that's involved in this. Do you understand? This is a handful of people. Just a handful of people. But all of a sudden, here we are in 2022 and there's multitudes of people. Amen. Now, when you begin to see the joy and the ecstasy of all that went on in that event, we wonder today why people are so apathetic in their faith. 
It's because they don't realize the glory and the joy of what God did so many thousands of years ago still has an effect upon the earth today. And that great glory that was released lives on the inside of you to make you a supernatural human being. Amen? Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. Boy, they're stepping into another dispensation now. They're crossing over. Everybody say they're crossing over. And she spake out with a loud voice. Listen, when God moves, it's not, well, we'll have a few moments of silent prayer. You won't have nothing. Amen? We were in Israel and saw a monastery. It was actually when you turn off that main highway that goes into Jordan and go back to Jericho. I mean, it looks like the surface of the moon. Uh, That's the wilderness that Jesus went into when he went into the wilderness after the baptism of John. And there's a monastery up there, and it's built into the rock. It's built into the rock of the mountain. You got to kind of look to see it, but once you see it, you can tell what it is. And those guys go up there, and they take a vow of silence, some of them for up to 10 years. Well, I guarantee you that's 10 years in which they have not had any spiritual production in their life at all. I don't care how quiet or how rough. You say, well, that's, that's, that's rude to attack people's consecration to God. They're stupid. <laughs> I'd love to go up there and do a seminar. I'd have them shouting in about three days. Right. You say, why? Because when God moves, people speak out with loud voices. They're unashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. They give amplification and volume to the glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're all a bunch of loud mouths, amen? Spoke out with a loud voice. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of the... Who told her this? Well, she was filled with the Holy Ghost. See, when you get involved in what God is doing, you get filled with the Holy Ghost, you start having inside information. You start getting included instead of excluded. Mm, I don't know if you get that or not, but I'll tell you what, it'll bless you. She spoke with a loud voice. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come unto me, inside info? For as low as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Now you've got a baby in the womb of Elizabeth who was called barren. You've got Elizabeth filled with the Holy Ghost, and you've got a baby in there dancing in the Spirit. But that's not what they want to tell you. They want to tell you it all look like this. Ooh, you know, all that junk. <laughs> Amen? No, that's not true whatsoever. These are people just like we are. Man, they're going, whoa, this is awesome. The Holy Ghost is moving. We've never experienced this before. This is real. This is fresh. What's going on? Jesus is coming. Jesus is here. Jesus is coming. Jesus is here. Yeah, you get that later too. <laughs> for lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in mine ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Now notice this. This is such a powerful scripture. You need to meditate on this one. This going to put faith in your heart. And blessed is she that believed, for, listen to this, there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. Whoa. You say, what do you mean? When you get the word, when it comes, when faith comes, listen to me, there shall be a performance. He watches over his word to perform it. Abraham was fully persuaded that what God had promised, 
he was also able to perform. God is a performer. He loves to perform. I said he loves to perform. <laughs> I said he loves to perform. And Mary said, now Mary's speaking. My soul doth magnify the Lord. My spirit hath rejoiced in the God of my Savior. Boy, she's changed her tune. For he hath regarded the low estate of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty has done to me great things. Holy is his name. You guys, church, you got to understand something. Your, your zeal level is dependent on how close you want to get to the fire. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, you know, a lot of people, they, they, they love to be around for what I call the tingle. <laughs> Go away thinking they've been blessed. But I'm going to tell you, we're fixing to enter into some times in which the Spirit of God is going to move up here in these altars and people are going to fall out under the power of God like they did 20, 30 years ago and we saw people piled up like cordwood everywhere and people are going to start getting some carpet time again in the Holy Ghost because it's those times in the Spirit by the power of God that conception takes place and everything changes when conception takes place. It doesn't change when the thing comes. It kind changes when conception takes place. I remember Leah was... Pregnant with Breland, we were coming from the doctor and she wanted to go to the paint store. And I'm like, why do you want to go to the paint store? She says, because I'm going to paint this room and I'm going to do this and do all of that. And I'm like, oh, man, so I had to go to the paint store. And then she wanted to plant some grass. The grass we had was too coarse and she didn't want her baby crawling that grass. She wanted this other grass, so I had to pull up that grass and plant that grass. <laughs> and now I'm a traveling preacher. I'm, you know, this is in between time. And so I got to complaining to God, you know, because if I have pro problems with uh, Leah, I just go talk to her dad. I do. And the Lord spoke to me and said, she she's not the one with the problem. You're the one with the problem. I said, Lord, now how, how do you figure that? I'm the one irritated. I'm the one coming to you. The Lord spoke to me and said, no, she's expecting. And I, I was like, well, okay great revelation. No, he said, she's expecting. And I still, I still didn't get the third time he said it to me. She said, she's expecting. It's like he turned a light on inside of me. He said, the problem with you, you're just hanging around to see what's going to happen. She's actually carrying something on the inside. She is expecting, and anybody who dares conceive of the Word of God, they're the one that's going to be expecting the manifestation of that healing, the breakthrough financially. The people around you, they may not get it. They might be just hanging around to see what's going to happen, but you're the one that's got to have that good prenatal care of that which the Word has conceived on the inside of you so you can bring forth that because that is the way you live a life from faith to faith, glory to glory. Amen. For he is mighty that has done this. To me, this great thing, holy is his name, and his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He hath showed strength 
With his arm, he hath scattered the proud. In the imagination of their hearts, he hath put down the mighty. From their seats, he has exalted them of low degree. How can this little virgin girl be coming up with this? You know how? She's full of the Spirit of God. Now she, now she got the Holy Ghost working in her, and she's prophesying. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich hath he sent empty away. He hath hoping. How do you say that? Hopeland? I come across that every once in a while. His servants Israel, in remembrance of his mercy, as he spake to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. Now notice this. And Mary abode with her about three months and then returned to her own house. Then the, the, the story speaks of Elizabeth, the birth of John the Baptist. But now notice the first place that, that, that Mary went was to Elizabeth's house. Because you got to be around people of vision. you got to be around people that are carrying something. The quickest way to get whatever God puts on the inside of you aborted out of your spirit man is to get around a bunch of doubt and unbelief. And people, people that talk it, a bunch of doubt and unbelief. Well, God, I don't know if God's going to do that. I don't tell you. I remember. I remember. You know, there's a scripture in, in, in Ecclesiastes that said, it is not good to say that yesterday was better than today. It says, that is not wise to say that. Amen. So here these events are beginning to take place. This is, this is all taking place in the period of about eight days. This wonderful birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, the, the shepherds and what they saw and what they said, the wise men, we'll look at them in just a moment, what they saw and what they said, uh, uh, all that the, the, the two uh, prophets in the temple, the man and the woman that were prophets in the temples that prayed, what they said and what they prophesied, these events happened at a point in time and they still resonate like throwing a, throwing a rock into a, into, a, into a pond and instead of the waves getting smaller as they go out, they got bigger. Amen? Go to Matthew. How's my time? Oh, I got a couple of minutes. Go to Matthew. Go to Matthew real quick. Chapter. I got it marked here. Matthew chapter 2, just for a moment. It says, Now when Jesus, verse 1, was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Bethlehem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard this, heard these things, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. Now why would they be troubled? Why would they be troubled? And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he commanded them where the Christ should be born. They said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. Now Bethlehem, he goes over there and, and speaks and talks about the prophet. Now, if you go study who these guys are, who are these guys? What are these wise men? Where are they coming from? They're coming from Iran, from Persia. These are the men who generations back were influenced by Daniel. This is who Daniel taught. And it had been carried from generation to generation. You say, now how can it be carried from generation? You can't even carry a legend because it's spiritual. Spiritual things don't grow old. So they had raised a sect of priests 
who were, who were, who were commissioned with understanding the times and watching the stars because they knew there would be an event in the, in the celestial heavens that would indicate the birth of this seed of Abraham who was the one Daniel had talked about and taught them about would come upon the earth. They knew he would be the one that would bring redemption to the earth and that he was their only hope in coming to heaven because they were outside of the covenant of Israel. So when they saw basically what took place, a meteor went across the sky that began a celestial event of several planets coming into line and literally causing a light to come out of the sky and sit right over Bethlehem. It happened in the year 2020 for the first time in 2,000 years. Whoa. Amen. So these guys take off. And there's not just, you know, three guys, you know, and in a, in a, in three donkeys like you see in some paintings. Most Bible historians say probably the smallest they were was at least a hundred of them because those kinds of guys traveled with great caravans. They didn't just take off across the desert with half a dozen guys. They knew how perilous those journeys were. They knew how, uh, you know, dangerous it was with thieves and everything else. So they had quite the entourage. And when they came into Jerusalem, all of Jerusalem was in a stir because they were saying, why are these, why are these, why are these, why are these priests, these wise men, these Stoics, why have they come from the Middle East to Jerusalem talking about seeing the star of the Messiah? It says all of Jerusalem was in an uproar. Amen. This is awesome, I think. I think, man, this is... And they came in and they were wise enough to discern the type of spirit that was on Herod and what his intentions were. And when they came and found Jesus, they came prepared with, listen to me, most Bible theologians agree with this, with generations of wealth. Not just an offering, but generations of the three most valuable commodities of the the Middle Eastern ancient world, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And with caravan loads of it. That's the only way you can honor a king. Amen. And when they, when they went home, I like what Matthew says, they went home another way. That's what happens when you have an encounter with Jesus Christ. Now we've got Jesus upon the earth. He's born. He is here. Now, how's my time? The Bible says if the princes of this world would have known, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. There are some things we can begin to conclude. I don't really call it reading between the lines, but it's actually, you you understand by indication of what happens and how it's happened. Number one, if Satan could have prevented it, he would have. He is the God of this world. He controls this world's system. And even with Herod himself trying to kill all of the, of, the, of the firstborn male children in Bethlehem, he still was two years late in trying to catch up with the plan of God. Which shows you that Satan, Lucifer, the devil, whatever you want to call it, he is not a creature of revelation. 
You say, what do you mean by that? Well, he can't look into the scriptures and see his own demise and see. All he knows is there's more and more people that have authority over him and more and more people can kick him around than ever has been able to before. The demonic realm does have information. But it's only time information. When the demons were in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ, the first question they always shouted out was about the time. Are you here to torment us before the time? So the spirit realm is acutely aware of the time. Amen. So in understanding this and actually bringing these teachings of redemption to a, to, a, to a time such as 2022, it helps us understand that there's much preparation going on in the Spirit right now that's going to bring Jesus back to the earth and use a whole bunch of people instead of just one person like he did the first time. But there's a lot of principles that we're going to have to walk in and operate in. Number one, we have to submit ourselves to the Word. To submit yourself to God, it says in, in James 5, excuse me, James 4, verse 7, submit yourself therefore unto God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Our submission to the word is gradual, but we got to realize something. It's areas of our life in which we've not really seen the results we want. Many times we back away, where it's actually an impartation of greater revelation that'll get you to the point you need to receive. Remember this we are no longer of the world. You are not your own. You're bought with a price. Therefore, the protocols and processes of your heavenly father is what he's going to expect you to live and walk in, which means most of what we're going to have to endure in our life, we're going to have to go through it, through it, moving forward, amen, with aggression, acceleration, by the word of God in our hearts and our mouths. Refusing, refu- listen, refusing to get sick with the world, yeah. refusing to get poor with the world. Yeah. Now, this is a big one. You say, what's that? Refusing to get depressed with the world. Yeah. You say, why? Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Look how smart God is. Yeah. Look how smart God is. He said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll give them joy, and they'll bump around that for a few, th- few thousand years, but there'll be a generation in the last days, they'll figure out the joy of the Lord is their strength, and they'll just be so full of joy, everybody, everybody think they're crazy. Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Hallelujah. Aren't you glad? Yeah. Now, in conclusion, I don't know if I've even said that before. The only other time we see Jesus is at age 12. And as they went up to the temple, Passover, he remained in the temple, reasoning with the scribes, what the Bible said. And the Bible says they marveled. I think God put that in the Bible to help us see that even when he was not anointed with the Holy Ghost, there were things unique about him that made him unique in the earth. He reasoned with the scribes and they marveled at his wisdom. Why? John 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. John John 1, 14, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory as the glory of the light and the life of men. Wow. We shall see Jesus. 
And I don't think we understand the, our process of life, living, doing life together as a church, as the body of Christ. What are we doing? Okay, we're living in the last days. We want to see souls saved. We want to see bodies healed. We saw all the good things that God wants to do. But in reality, we want to move so close to the face of God. You say, why? That's where, we're, that's where our protection is. That's where our, where our revelation is. That's where our, our blessing is. That our greatest efforts certainly are not trying to fix what's broke out here. But in getting close enough to God where God can use us powerfully and supernaturally to reap the harvest and to be an influence everywhere we go of people that have the peace of God and the joy of God in the midst of some of the worst situations the earth has ever seen. Even today, I listened to some things that were said today and how people are throwing out uh, nuclear war and all these types of words. You know, we, we've all, Lee and I, we've always, when our, we do our marriage classes and marriage things, uh, we always talk about how when you get married as a married couple, you should never use the D word. We call it the D word. Lee and I have never said that word to each other ever. We never will say that word. Maybe the M word, but not the D word. You say, what's the M word? Murder. Amen. <laughs> But not, but not the D word. You say, why? Because words have power. Yeah. And once words start getting released, they release something. And I've heard like three times in the last week or so that word thrown out there, nuclear war, nuclear war. May have to, may have to resort to nuclear. Don't be saying that. Yeah. See what I'm saying? You say, why? Words have power. Words have power. Thank God for the word of God. Thank God for the word that was made flesh. Thank God for the word that lived among us. God lived among human. God lived among you. That is so powerful. God lived among humanity. But then he died and then he rose from the dead so that humanity could be saved. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Hallelujah. Glorious things. Glorious things. Spiritual things are glorious things. You start talking about spiritual things and you can see people's faces start to shine. I'm telling you, I've been doing this a long time. People's faces will start to shine. You say, why? Because their inner man starts pushing outward. They start, they start hearing things. Their spirit man on the inside begins to leap. Expectancy and hope. They begin to realize. The spirit man begins to realize, I'm hearing the right thing. I'm finding the right thing. I'm hearing the thing that's given me strength, given me peace, given me direction. Praise God. You know, let's do one thing before we dismiss tonight. Our, our precious uh, missionaries in Mexico, uh, Marco and Noe, great church. They've had a, a, a seven point, what was it, Breland? 7.6? The first one and a 5.4, I think. Uh, we've, we've heard they're okay there's damage in the area. We, I guess they're assessing. I'm sure that we'll find out. But let's just pray for the church and for the people there in Manzaneo and Kalima. I think everything was okay in Kalima. And uh, let's just believe God with them and pray for them. Father, we do. We lift up our brothers and sisters there in Mexico. Lord, we lift up Noe and Marco, and we thank you for those powerful pastors, that wonderful church, Lord God. We surround them with faith and love. We thank you, Father, that they'll find out that there was great mercy upon Manzaneo, that, Lord, the infrastructure of the city will be saved. Father, that they'll get back to normal very quickly. Devil, we bind you that would try in any way to bring any type of uh, greater disaster, greater problem, greater situation. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. 
Lord, we speak to that storm out in the middle, mid-Atlantic. We know, Lord, that it's, it's not threatening land, but they're saying it could be a very rare event in northern Canada and bring much destruction. So we speak to it, Fiona, in Jesus' name. The steering currents. Father, let the dry winds, let the dry winds of the upper, upper atmosphere begin to blow, begin to dismantle, dismantle in Jesus' name. And Father, I thank you for the authority we have. We speak to that wave coming up through the Caribbean, looking to find identity, looking to find and produce destruction. We say no in the name of Jesus. We call down the fall, the equinox, that which you put in the heavenlies that declares the change of the seasons. We declare the fronts coming down from the north. The gulf is closed in Jesus' name. Amen. We thank you that weapon will not form. In the name of Jesus. Fathers, we leave tonight. We thank you for your protection, your safety, your blessing. Thank you for your angels. Thank you whether we travel the righteous labor of our hands and our schools, our children, our young people. Thank you, Father. You are our standard of protection and blessing. Lord, as we leave tonight, we thank you for a zeal. As we draw nigh unto you, Lord, you draw nigh unto us. Thank you that our prayer, our intercession is not in vain. But Father, the stirring, the stirring, the stirring, the stirring. The stirring, the hearts of men and women. The stirring, Lord. The stirring. We thank you for it, Father. We leave tonight walking in faith and love towards you. We love you so much. We walk in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ. You've called us to be thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, and anointed by the Holy Ghost. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah, Jesus.